0: Hey friends, welcome to the Sev Talks Money Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sev. Here on the Sev Talks Money Podcast, I share practical tips, realistic strategies, and workable solutions that lead to financial freedom. Occasionally, I'll have guests stopping by who share their financial freedom breakthrough stories. Don't forget to subscribe because you do not want to miss Any of the helpful tips and inspiring stories. On today's episode, I am sharing some personal finance basics because knowing basic money management is necessary. For financial freedom. Again, the goal is financial freedom. I'm going to start by addressing some concerns around student loans. Then I'll discuss some basic money rules around saving, budgeting, investing, tax management, and credit. In the weeks to come, I am going to continue to dive deeper into these subjects. Hello, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you are returning, welcome back. Here at Dr. Seb Talks Money, we share practical tips, realistic strategies, and workable solutions that lead to financial freedom. Now, if you are interested in those topics, then I invite you to hit that red subscribe button so you can be notified every time I have new content or when I have guests who will talk about personal finance topics. So, diving right in student loans. We've been talking about student loans for a couple of weeks, but I want to share some additional things that I think you may want to consider around student loans. Now, if you are, if you have federal student loans and you are not paying your loans right now and you're still employed, then these are things that I want you to consider. One of the first thing is to add to your emergency fund if you don't have one, because an emergency fund cushions us against life unexpected, unexpected happenings, and they will happen. <laughs> so if you're in a high demand industry, for example, you may want to consider three months because you know if you lose your job, then you know it won't take that long for you to get a, another job. If you are in a an industry where your particular skill set is not very much in high demand, you may wanna consider six months to give you again, some cushioning for for that, uh, if anything were to happen. So while you are in pause for student loans, you have another six months of payments that you would have been making. So if you don't have an emergency fund, that's one thing you wanna consider. The other thing that you wanna consider is to pay down high interest debt. Now I'm gonna simplify and I'm not taking taxes into consideration, but if you are, on average, the tax, stock, stock, the tax, the stock market returns about eight percent, and if you have debt, let's say ten percent, eleven percent, twelve percent that you're paying, if you think about it, you're losing money. And again, I'm simplifying because there are things around the tax, tax consequences that that I'm not talking about right now. I'm just talking about just a basic. Um, Explanation to show you how you're losing money, so to speak, if you have high interest loans and you are not paying those. So, while you have this six months, pay down on those high interest loans, get rid of those. The next thing that I would suggest that you do is increase the amount in your 401k. Think about this if your employer is giving you, let's say you make $10,000 per month and you are right now only contributing 1%. It's $100, right? And let's say your employer matches up to 6%. You're throwing away $500, literally, because they are giving you up to $600 based on the salary you're making, which we're saying for this this example, $10,000. They're giving you up to $600 so that you can invest that. It's your money. They're giving it to you. So why not take advantage of it and and contribute to your 401k up to the max. Again, while you have the 6 months break, let's take advantage of that, right? The other thing I would also suggest is contributing to your Roth IRA, and I'm going to talk a little bit later about tax consequences and how you manage that. Why you should contribute to both of them. Now, here is the reason why a lot of people's student loans continue to grow. And and I want you to listen very carefully. Accumulated interest. Let's say you have 10,000, and I'm liking to use 10,000 because it's easy to calculate, (laughs) $10,000 in in student loans. And your interest rate is 8%. If you do not pay that accumulated interest, when it's time for you to recertify your student loans, that 8% of that $10,000 is $800. So at the end of the year, now your student loans is up to $10,800. So let's move on to the second year, right? because you haven't paid anything down on the accumulated interest. You haven't paid anything on the principal for that $10,000. The second year, now, when you recertify, that $10,800 becomes your new base. At 8%, that interest calculates at 864 If you still haven't paid anything, any interest, anything on the principal. Now your new bottom line is 11,664. So you see you've paid interest, You you your accumulated interest of $800 in the first year. In the second year, you've accumulated interest of $864. You see how that balance is growing? And in the, in the third year, you still have not paid anything on that principal or the accumulated interest. Your new balance at the end of the third year is now $12,597.12 because 8% of 11664 is 933 12 So that's one of the reasons why you have to be aggressive in paying down the accumulated interest. Even if you don't touch the principal on your student loans, pay that accumulated interest. Look at what the accumulated interest is on each of your loans and make sure you pay at least that each month and while you have the six months period and you don't have to pay anything call your loan servicer get on the website and see how much you have in accumulated interest and pay that down in the six months because when they get ready to recertify now your new bottom line principle is not going to include accumulated interest so you're not paying interest on top of interest so i hope that helps All right. So we're going to go on now to the financial basics. And again, this this today is more like an overview because I have some detailed videos and content on these topics already on the on the the channel. But I'm also going to be continuing to dig further into these topics, because in order for us, again, to reach financial freedom, which is the goal of this channel, you have to look at the basics. What are the basics? Why am I saving? Why why does it matter? What are my smart goals around saving? What are my smart goals around investing? We have to look at those basic things before we can reach the financial freedom that we aspire to. So I'm gonna dig now into the personal finance basics. And the first one I wanna talk about, again, is saving. We have to be intentional about saving. It is about how much is coming in. And I'm putting saving and budgeting together. How much is coming in? Do I know how much is coming in? What control do I have over what's coming in? No matter how much I want to save, no matter how much I want to invest, if I don't know what's coming in and what's going out, then I am not going to be successful. We tend to you know, spend a dollar at the dollar store. We order through Uber. We order through whatever, and we're not paying attention to the fact that that money adds up really, really quickly. And my daughter, if I could pull her here, she will tell you because she loves to order through those apps. So the first thing I want you to consider is setting a smart goal around your saving. Give your saving a name. Don't just say I want to save. Say saying I want to save is not good enough. That's not a goal. That's a wish. What you want to do is put a name to your saving. Capital One, which is one of my online accounts, give me 25 saving buckets. And so I take advantage of that. And I have different saving bucket for different things. What that does is when I want to buy something, do I want to take from my vacation money? No, I don't want to touch that because I have a plan in mind. Do I want to take from my book publishing? No, I don't want to do that because I do want to publish a book. Do I want to take from my, it's my other one that I have, my investing account? No, because I have a goal. I want to save so much because I have a plan for something I want to invest in rental property. So giving a name to each of my saving bucket, giving a name to the money that comes into my, my hand allows me control over how much I spend. We want to, again, make our saving goal smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. That applies. it, It seems so very simple, but I'm telling you that it works. One of the things we want to do is we want to put, set up automatic savings. What I've done over the years, and I'm just not giving you theory. I'm talking about things that I'm doing. What I've done over the years is I have set up automatic savings to go to different savings bucket different accounts. A couple of them I don't have access to with a credit with a debit card and if I want money from there I have to transfer it out. And what that does is I don't see that money because it comes out of my paycheck. And every time I get a raise, I increase how much comes out of my paycheck to go into these buckets. So sometimes I surprise myself when I go in and I see how much is in those accounts and I'm not talking a lot of money. So setting up automatic savings goals. And again, let it be a goal. Don't just say I'm saving. Have a goal about, ask yourself, why am I saving? How much do I want to save? What is my goal time? Do I want to save $100 per month so that I have 10,000 by December 31st? Or whatever it is, It, it has to be specific and it has to be measurable, and it has to have a name, because if you don't do that, then it's easy for you to go in and pull that money out. Now, budgeting, what budgeting does, and I know a lot of people don't want to talk about budgeting, but basic budgeting, and it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. Budgeting can be as simple as saying 10% of my paycheck is going to go to savings. 15% of my paycheck is going to go to household items. 10% of my paycheck is going to go to investment. It can be as simple as that and just setting a percentage. And doing that is going to put a barrier around your spending. I promise you, I do it and it's working. Because when I got divorced, I had a negative net worth. Right now, I have a six-figure net worth. And it's not because I make that much more money than anybody that's on this call. It's because I have been intentional about making sure I put a name to my savings and to my investing. So I invite you to do the same thing. And get with a financial counselor, a financial coach like myself, who can help you set up something, look at all your numbers and help you set up something so you can achieve that. Because again, the goal is financial freedom. And next week, I'm going to be sharing ways to save money and ways to build an emergency fund. All right. So the second thing I want to talk about is investing. Investing is about making your money work for you. High yield savings account right now, that's not an investment, because I think the highest right now is 0.05%. That's nothing, right? So if that's where we're saving our money, we may want to reconsider. Take a chance on the stock market. There are other things you can do, Reads. I mean, there there are other things that I've talked about before that I have a library of content on that. And I'm going to be talking about it continually, because again, financial freedom is not static it's always changing and there are always new things we can learn. So investing is about making your money work for you. A certified financial planner, and I can recommend one if if you're looking for one, I have several in my arsenal that I can recommend, will help you to determine what investment works best for you based on your investment type. Because some of us are, we don't mind taking high risks. Some of us, we don't like high risk. And that's perfectly okay. But what investment does is it multiplies your money. Taking your money and putting it in a high yield savings account is not going to cut it. Not with inflation that's threatening right now. I looked at rental car to rent a car to drive to see my family in Florida, and it was ridiculous the cost of the rental cars because inflation has taken over. There are a lot of things your money is not going as far as it normally does. So you want to maximize how much. You can use your money. Now, another thing I want to talk about is the tax consequences around investing and saving, because a hundred thousand dollars in a four hundred one k is not the same as hundred dollars in an in a Roth IRA. When I have a hundred thousand dollars, I'm thinking I have two hundred thousand. I'm retiring. I have two hundred thousand. Well, when I take money from that four hundred one k or that traditional IRA, That $100,000 is now maybe $80,000 because of taxes. I have to pay taxes on that. On the Roth IRA, that $100,000 is $100,000. And that's why it helps if we balance our invest or or what we invest for retirement. Put some of that money in a 401k, put some of it in a Roth IRA so that when you retire, you are balancing your tax. you're, you're balancing your tax. Uh, what word am I looking for? <laughs> uh, your your tax bill, you're balancing, right? You're not, not everything is going to be taxed because Uncle Sam is going to get his, whether it's going to be before tax or after tax, he's going to get his. So try to minimize how much Uncle, Sam's get, Uncle Sam gets. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is credit and credit scores. We know cash is king, but so is credit. Because a high interest debt is gonna cost you more. I always talk about on this channel, I always talk about the fact that a lot of people who have money don't use their own money to finance their ventures. They don't, they use other people's money. And the reason they're able to do that is because they have good credit standing. Pretty much, they say, you're good for it, right? So they can use their credit to command investments. They can use their credit to buy houses, to do other things because they have good credit. So the foundation again, to get to that financial freedom goal is making sure that our credit is okay. And if your credit is not okay, that's fine. It's never too late because as I shared in this channel before, I started really paying attention to my financial goals in my 50s. Okay. And I am where I am now. So it is not too late. So one of the things I want you to look at is the fact that you are going to be saving thousands of dollars by having good credit. It's better, in my opinion, to sacrifice now for a time so that we can get to that goal. Maybe For me, it's not going on a a special vacation right now. I can explore my town. I can explore my city. Who says I have to go to Mexico? I don't care what anybody else is doing on social media. I don't care what all the influencers are showing on the beach and all that stuff. I don't know what their, their financial situation is. So I'm not going to be jealous of them. My goal is financial freedom. And in order to do that, I need to make sure I'm in a position in my saving, my budget, the way I budget, my investing, my looking at my tax consequences and looking at my credit, because I want to be able to leverage my credit to take advantage of deals that are around me. Because if you think about it, if you are paying, you know, let's say you have a, a house that you bought for $300,000 and you're paying well, it's it's not as high as that, but I'm exaggerating, but just to get the point across, right? (laughs) So if you're paying 12% and somebody else is paying 5% for that same house, think of how much more you're paying in interest over the life of that loan, because your credit is not in order. So I would implore you to look at your credit, because high interest debt costs. And it don't doesn't have to cost you if it does if you don't need it to. So let's get you working on your credit. You're buying a house. You're buying a car. You want to make sure that you're getting the very best interest rate, and that your neighbor is not paying less than you for the same car for the same house. Okay. So whether we want to or not, whether we we are ready for it or not, retirement is imminent getting old is imminent. (laughs) So we need to do what we can to prepare for it. And some of us, retirement and getting old is a little bit closer and a little bit more imminent than others. But (laughs) whatever it is, we have to make sure that we prepare for it. So in summarizing, budgeting will allow us to manage our cash flow. It will allow us to know what's coming in, what's going out. And that's key because it gives you control over your money. Your money is not controlling you. Your money is not dictating how you live your life. You are controlling how you live your life by managing your money through budgeting, by managing your cash flow. Savings, what savings does, it gives us a cushion against emergencies. We saw how many people, even when the government shut down a few years ago, or whenever it was, it seems so long ago, that people in government with good money, making good money, we're panicking because they did not have the cushion. They took for granted that like, it's the government and they were gonna have, always have good money. They're always gonna have good pay, but you can't do that. We don't know how life turns. We don't know what's gonna happen. So we have to make sure that we set aside those savings that will cushion us for emergencies. Investing will take our money, the little that we have, and it's going to multiply. It's gonna put it to work for us, beyond those 0.05 and 0.04 interest rate that the bank's giving us. The bank is taking our money, and they are investing it in a myriad of things, and they're getting a ton more interest, and they're getting good interest rates from the federal, you know, from the the banking, um, I can't think of the name of the authority now, the banking, the folks that lend them money, they're getting good rates, but they're turning around and giving us 0.4 and 0.5. So drag your money out of that bank and put it in some investments, okay? (laughs) All right, and the next thing is just making sure that we manage our tax consequences so that we're not giving all our money to Uncle Sam. Because leveraging credit gives us buying power. We want to take advantage of that. So I hope this has been helpful as a foundation and we're gonna explore these more in the coming weeks. I'm gonna have some guests to talk. Again, we're gonna be talking about um, index funds and all of that around investments. We're going to be having guests on to talk about that. We're going to be exploring this in more detail. But in the meantime, I have some content that you can already look at in my library. And I hope this has been helpful. And until next time, I will see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Sev Talks Money Podcast. Find us on SevTalksMoney.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. See you next time.